Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is Tuesday once again, and we are back here on the Pipe It Up podcast. I am Tommy Coughlin, back in the Schultz's basement. Cue the intro. All right, to kick off today's show, we're going to jump right into our first ad read, and it is once again for MWBL Wiffleball. Your second favorite Wiffleball League, that is, MWBL Wiffleball League. They are back here on Pipe It Up once again, and last Thursday they posted their opening day series with the Bald Eagles took on the Renegades for a big rivalry series. Their YouTube is MWBL Wiffleball, and their Instagram is MWBL underscore media. So please go out and check those guys out. Um, they're super cool. I've seen their content, and it's pretty solid. And you guys probably heard a lot about them last year on Pipe It Up. So yeah, go check out the MWBL Wiffleball League. All right. Like I said, we are back here in the Schultz's basement, and today, Dirty Dan is not with us. He is actually at Cedar Point with his buddies. Hope he's having a good time. But we have a we have a new guest in the building, which I, I've alluded to over the past few weeks. Can I please get a drum roll? Ladies and gentlemen, it is Metro Magic Captain Jack Agner joining us today on the show. Jack, welcome to Pipe It Up. Um, we are happy to have you. How are you, how you doing? Give us, just give us your thoughts on being here as well as a little bit of a life update. Yeah, much appreciated, Tom. Um, I've been waiting to do this for a while. Um, life update, you know, I, I graduated college recently, as we did, and mm-hmm. um, I stayed out there at school to wait around for my graduation and then had a little bit of vacation after. But now I'm, I'm back in the great mitten state. I'm happy to be here. Looking, I'm stoked for this summer. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Magic definitely. Uh, they missed you on their first series, but um, I think you guys' the next series is against the Wildcats. That's a big one for you guys. That's, I, a, that's a big one. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's early, but you know, all these series matter, and especially um, interdivision or between you know in the mm-hmm. same division, these ones matter for sure. So we're gonna look to bring our A game here. Yeah, I think you're you're a spark plug in the lineup. I think that's the, the term that Chadwick used, and um, it's fun to watch you play. I think the fans like watching you play, and um. I mean, you might not have the big baseball experience that some guys have in this league, but you, you've shown over the past few years that you really can you can play with the best of them. So um, the Magic will definitely be appreciative that you're back, and um, I know we're all excited to watch it. Absolutely. So for today's show, it's going to be kind of similar to the past few weeks. We are going to break down the um, last series, which was Cobras versus Eagles. If you have not yet seen that series, please head over to our YouTube channel and check that out, and then come back on this podcast. Um, after Jack and I discuss our thoughts in the series, we're going to give a call to Dallas Allen, who will be filling in for Daniel tonight, as well as Drew Davis, former host of this show. Um, after that, we're going to get into our question of the day, and then we're going to do the tail the rail, and then from there, we're just going to see where this podcast takes us. So me and Jack are going to try to find our find our rhythm together. We're going to be doing this, I think, pretty regularly here moving forward. So um, first week together, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. So all right. So the last series, like as I mentioned, Cobras versus Eagles. Um, the Eagles, to my surprise, won two out of three games. Uh, Jack, did this surprise you, or did you expect this comeback from Daniel and the Eagles? Uh, honestly, I it was a it was a very tight series, but I wasn't really surprised with the Eagles taking two games. I thought that um, I knew I knew Dan could correct what he did wrong. Um, I knew that wasn't a long term thing. His his performance in the first series. Um, so I was excited to see him kind of get back into form. Yeah, I think it was good, um, not only for Daniel and his his confidence and stuff like that, but it's just it's good for I think everyone who's a fan of the league. You hated you hated to see Daniel, a veteran, um, a great player, well respected player, go out there and really struggle in his first start of the season. I know it's not what he wanted. It's not what Eagles fans wanted. And like I said, I don't think it's what fans of MLW wanted to see. So um, it was great to see him bounce back, and he looked. He looked as good as ever. He I looked mean, sharp. He looked very sharp. That was sharp the old Dan. Dan. That was the Dan we knew. I think the key, well, first of all, last week he couldn't throw strikes with anything, but he was also commanding the drop ball very well against the Cobras. And when he has the drop and the riser working, that's when he's it's tough. Cy Young, it's tough. Cy Young quality pitcher. Absolutely. So, um, he, like I said, he's having a good time today. Celebrating the win. He went to Cedar Point with a couple of his buddies, <laughs> although it did pour down rain earlier. So Hopefully not down there. Hopefully not down in Sandusky, <laughs> but... Um, the rookie, Dallas Allen, I reached out to earlier today, and um, I said, you know, hey, Dan, Dan's out, and um, I still want to get some comments about the Eagles, so would you be interested in talking about the series as a whole? And he said, yeah, for sure. So we're going to give Dallas a call here before we call Drew Davis and give his thoughts on his performance. He played well, in my opinion, as well as the Eagles as a whole. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Dallas Allen. Hello. Hey Dallas, how's it going? 
It's good. How's it going? Pretty good. We're happy to have you on the show here on Pipe It Up. Um, your first time appearing on the podcast, so uh, welcome. Um, I'm happy to have you on here. I think uh, the Eagles fans have really gravitated towards you and your, um, you know, your your power. You've played well. You've pitched well, and everything. So, um, me and Jack are discussing right now. You know, the last series, Cobras versus Eagles. So, I wanted to get your thoughts first of all on just the Eagles' performance as a whole. Um, it was um, it was a great series for us. I thought we bounced back after that horrible series against the D-backs. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan pitched um, great in the fir- in the in games one and two, and we got some timely hits and it got us um, a couple wins in that series. So, yeah, I think the first series was tough for you guys. Not not only because Daniel struggled, but it was also multiplied by the fact that the D-backs are, in my opinion, the best team in this league right now. They're playing great wiffle ball, so they really exploited all the weaknesses that you guys showed. But um, on a more of a personal level, you know, I've I've mentioned this before, but you're looking very comfortable out there for for a rookie. You know, I know you have some wiffle ball experience, which I'm sure has helped. But um, what do you think has led to your like early success? First off, on the mound, because pitching in this league is is no easy feat. Yeah, it was it was tough adjusting from the tournament um, strike zone, which is much bigger than the MLW league strike zone. It's probably honestly like two times smaller in the actual league. Than I know the fans don't realize that it's a lot harder to throw strikes in our league than it is in the tournaments. Oh yeah, it's definitely harder. But I'm just like I'm just trying to find one pitch that dialed in, and honestly, my drop ball from mm-hmm. the sidearm angle has been working great for me. So I try to just stick to pitches that I know I can throw for strikes. Yeah, that's. Most of the time. I mean, even me as a veteran, my my first thing is always trying to just get the ball over the plate, and then once you once you can get ahead and counts is when you can have a lot of success. Um, so yeah, I agree. Your drop ball has been nasty and it's been consistent. You've been you've been pounding the zone. I remember um, in your first appearance a few series back, um, you I think your first two pitches you ever threw in MLW were both strikes and like they had a lot of movement and right away I was like wow I was not I was not <laughs> expecting that. So um, but then also at the plate you know you've hit a couple home runs already in your in your young career. So do you think the tournament experience has helped you there or is it more of just your baseball background or what's led to that success? I think it's a little bit of both. This um. This past high school season, I saw a bunch of pretty fast pitchers, and especially in the Cobra series, Baranowski and uh, Drew Davis were both thrown pretty hard. So I think that led to a little bit of it. But mm-hmm. just see, I was just seeing the ball pretty well in the in both series. I thought. Yeah, that's a challenge too because um, you know the age gap is fairly big, and I don't I don't really think about it too much because, like I said, you've you've played really well. But um, I'm sure it has to be at least somewhat intimidating that you're playing against guys who are at least you know three to four older three to four years older than you, if not more. So has that been like a weird adjustment, I guess, or did you kind of know that coming into the league that it might be odd? Yeah, I kind of knew, like, I'm a freshman in high school and I was going to be playing kids and uh, uh, people in college. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew that was going to happen. So, but, I mean, just I just got to try and put the ball in play and do what I can do. Yeah, props to you. Like I said, you've, you've bunded right in and, you know, you wouldn't know. Your experience is clearly there. And I think you're, I think it was a great draft pick by Daniel picking you up. Um, you know, we had your, we've had your RI on you at the past few tournaments. So, um, I guess congratulations on the success so, so far and congratulations on the series win. And, um, all right, well, Dallas, go, uh, go enjoy the rest of your evening and good luck with the rest of your week in baseball. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Yep. See you later. See you later. That's a nice kid right there. Yeah. That's a good, that's <laughs> just a good kid. That's a good kid. Yeah. Funny story. I actually, uh, I messaged Dallas on Instagram, I think last like September, I mean, probably August, right right after the Wiffle and the Mitten tournament. Oh, I just remembered. I think what actually happened is I saw the video go up that Kyle uploaded of the Wiffle and the Mitten tournament. So that was months later. So this is like December or January. Yeah. But like I um, I watched Dallas play a lot. But, um, you know, you get you get a lot of kids at the tournaments are great. But you get other kids who are like arguing a lot and just causing, causing problems. Not that it's a bad thing because everyone has their own personalities. Just like I would consider Drew the troublemaker of MLW. It all works and it makes everything more fun. But I, I messaged Dallas and I was like, yo, like, great job. I just watched the full highlights and you played awesome all tournament and you guys won the whole thing. So congrats. And I was like, um, like, we love having you out at the tournaments and um, you're a great role model, role model for all the other kids in your division. So it's cool that he's made it into the league and that uh, he's having some success. Yeah, it's very cool. I, he had a couple uh, interesting comments there when, when he's talking about, you know, throwing his drop. I definitely noticed that in the video, he was kind of just sticking with that same pitch and, I mean, I can't really speak um, from a ton of experience because I haven't pitched that much, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not that great of a pitcher. But 
I don't really think that's a bad um, a bad plan going out there when you're when you're a young guy just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding a pitch that you're confident in and, and throwing that pitch over and over again. You know, it's got a lot of movement, so it's going to look a little bit different every time and and i think that's not a bad strategy well especially on his first run through like this season just playing each team for the first time no one's ever seen him like no hitters have ever faced him so they'd never seen like his arm angle his delivery like getting the timing of him down so whereas a guy like me or daniel or kyle or even like ryan cratched might get shelled just throwing one pitch over and over again because guys have seen him so much no one's seen dallas yep so he may be able to get by especially only pitching one game he might be able to get nine outs just with one pitch. Yeah. Because, I mean, if it's moving a lot and he's throwing strikes, it's not easy. That's but just, right. You're at a close distance. You don't have a lot of time to react. And if that ball's moving, I mean, good luck. It's it's not – it's easier said than done. So Another another thing he said, like, well, you asked him about, uh, you know, his age and that making mm-hmm. a difference. I think wiffle ball, in a, in a way, can kind of neutralize it um, your can. age, which is pretty cool, you know. It is Because it's cool. like you can – you don't have to be a very you don't have to be very old to get the ball to move a mm-hmm. lot, you know, if you hold it right and and you get maybe a little bit of coaching or mentoring. But I think that's one cool thing about wiffle ball is it is you can play with kids who are five years older than you and not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily glaringly obvious that you're mm-hmm. a lot younger than them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean we're getting to that point, like and for our if it was like a five or six year difference and it was ten year old versus sixteen year olds, then yeah, you might right. see a disadvantage. But I mean he's a great baseball player, I know just from the teams he's on. Um, clearly he's a good athlete so it's yeah it's it's a pretty level playing field in that in that sense where I think the biggest thing there would just be like the mental effect of right. like knowing this is kind of odd because these kids are already like through high school some of them through college and I'm so young and like not as relatable yeah and, not as yeah. relatable and like harder to maybe like interact just on like a social level but yeah he's, he's fit right in like, I think he I has I don't feel out of place it makes me feel immature like I'm making friendships with these kids and I'm like you're only 16 like I'm so old I'm yeah, it, yeah it makes you feel old right it makes you're you like, feel old oh, for wow. sure but this kid will make you feel old too alright we're about to get Drew Davis <laughs> we're about to get Drew Davis on the line also I rip on Drew all the time publicly Same. and he's just the easy punching bag it's so all good fun it is I hope it's all good fun it is all good if fun. he would ever tell me to stop I 100% would but at the end of the day me and Drew are good friends not on a good personal level so i wouldn't do it if i thought it was affecting him in a negative way we have our fun here but let's see if we can get the lord and savior on oh there he is hello Hello. drew you're back yep i'm back me and jack were just sharing some laughs as we uh talked about how much we how much we publicly bash you um time and time again but you take it like a champ and i said it's all in good fun at least i hope yeah i don't get it you know, <laughs> well, let's, a, before we I've discuss the series, maybe we should get into this a little bit. Does it does I've it bother you? Martyr. What was that? Sorry, I've been made a martyr. You've been, been made a made. martyr. What what are you what are you believing in that you're dying for here? I don't know. I that, that word meant someone dying for something. <laughs> it, it does, isn't it? Dying for what you believe in. That's a martyr. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I think Drew just believes in being himself, which is great. It's a great thing to believe in. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I never really got an answer. Does it bother you that you're the punching bag, or do you do you embrace uh, that? Uh, I think this year was like the first year it didn't bother me. Okay, you're growing up. So I was just, I was just kind of like whatever. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe put that chip on your shoulder and uh, put that into your play. But speaking of your play, um, unfortunately for you guys, you dropped two out of three games to the Eagles after looking great on opening day. Not that you necessarily looked bad against the Eagles, but um, Daniel Schultz just was phenomenal on the mound, and Dallas played great as well, and Neil Smith even put together a homer. So, I don't know. How do you feel after that series um, from like a confidence standpoint for your squad moving forward? Um, I'm pretty confident. Uh, two main reasons, just because, I mean, I feel like the Eagles played literally the best a team could, like uh, the best their team's going to play all year. I think they played against us. Um, mm-hmm. Just Dan, like Dan's pitching was, he was literally dialed. insane. Like he was throwing that knuckle curve to me early in counts. Like I was getting a one zero knuckle curve. That's like, what I was mentioning earlier. I was saying like insane. he's he's a tough pitcher to hit when he's just pumping risers in there. But when he's also locating the knuckle curve, it's like game over. And, yeah, and the thing is, is like you know it's coming, and there's just nothing you can do about it. Because, it's just like, a hard pitch to square up. That's what it is. Yeah. And like, because it's like coming over your head and then it lands and strikes out. It's insane. I remember it's that Daniel Schultz is. Um, 
I think, I mean, I've been back in this league now for four or five years-ish, and he's been throwing that the whole time. And with the yellow wiffle ball bat, I have never, like, cranked it. I can remember, I can specifically remember, like, hitting a line shot into center field, um, but it was kind of like a soft liner, left, left-handed. That was a sing- or like a double for me. And then also with a sandlot stick in the Colts field reunion game, I did crank a knuckle drop there, but it was a much shorter distance, much like a lot less velocity on it. But I've yeah. I've never just like because it's the 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 plane that the ball is coming in on is so sharp. It's like how do you square that up? You know. This was the first home run I've ever hit off Dan in my career. Yeah, it was a shot. It was opposite field, right? As you always do. Yeah, it was like I didn't realize how outside it was until I watched the video. Because Dan even said to me, like as I was rounding the bases, he goes, "How'd you hit that? It was like three feet outside." Mm-hmm. And you were looking uh, for it out there, I, I guess. Yeah, I I mean yeah, but but I, don't know. I think I oh sorry I forgot to get to the other thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the other thing would just be like, well, to continue out the first thing to like end it real quick. A lot of yeah, things. they just played. I mean, they played the best they could play mm-hmm. and we put, I mean, we, yeah, again, like we pitched pretty well. We only allowed two runs per game. It was a great series. Is, uh, and the third game, we only allowed one run. So yep. like, um, I mean, I feel like we just have, to, I, I just think their bats will wake up. Like people, I don't think need to be worried about our bats. Cause I mean, we, we even did square up Andy a couple, or I mean, Andy square up Dan a couple of times. So, I mean, yeah, um, I think, I think, I think the total, the bats. yeah. And Andy hit the ball very well. I think the total run scored was five for the Eagles and four for you guys in the series. So it was tight all the way around. Just it's unfortunate yeah. that you lost two of the games. Um, I want to talk about Baranowski. How, how have you felt about his performance through the first six games? Um, I'm, I'm fine with like it's good. Like his pitching against Eagles was actually like very very good. It was just that he got pieced off a riser, which I think he was like down in the count. So you want, you're trying to throw a strike. So you throw your strike pitch, which is just riser. And, um, what do you mean? It just got, got hit. But other than that, I mean, he's pitched pretty well. He throws strikes, which I really like, which is something that we're actually going to try next series. Um, I talked to my team about it. We made kind of a plan where each pitcher is only going to go two innings. Um, like the starter is going to start the first two and then, um, we're going to throw the second pitcher out there for uh, the last inning. It's probably going to be me who starts out the first two. Okay. And just with my history late in the games, I'm just going to, we're going to bring uh, Baron in in the third inning just to come in. I mean, special occasion, maybe I'm having like, like I don't know, throwing like a, a really, really good game. Like maybe let me go one more batter, but whatever happens with that batter, we'll determine the next at bat. The third inning is basically going to be up to the closer. Yeah, I've I'm it's funny you brought that up because I've thought about that a lot with teams now that have two solid arms. Like there's no reason why you need to have um, you know, different starters. You can have one guy start all three games and then just have a closer. I mean, in theory it could work. I don't know how well it's gonna work, yeah, but exactly. it could so work. We're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be something we tried out. I literally texted to my team right after Making the game. Moves. Like, we would the, the reality is we would have won the second game if I could throw a strike and I just I don't know. I just yeah, you had lost. You had two lost outs in that inning, time. right? Yeah, I had two outs. So I don't know. I just for some reason I just couldn't find the zone for the life of me. But so I think that's what we're just going to add Baron in. Um, he's a strike thrower, so that's um, we'll put that's him step in. one and for for the hitting. I mean, it's just such an adjustment. He's used to just like first off, different distance of mound. Mm-hmm. Um, people throwing as hard as they can. So it's just it's all different. Um, I think like he just needs to get the timing down. I think it's, I think his timing's just off. Like, but I'll find it. I mean, it's only what two series in, and he's faced like what I consider like some of the best pitchers in the game, especially with like how how uh, um, Cheatham has performed and Dan's history. And I mean, look at Dallas Allen. Literally, like the way like he was throwing some nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. He was and Baron. Barron also has like moments where he throw like his drop. I think he just needs to get more confident with it. Honestly, like he has a great drop. I just don't think, um, like with the mound distance and stuff being, being uh, it's so different from his league. I think he just needs to adjust to it. But I'm not worried at all from him. He's going to be a top player in this league. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys are the only team in the American League so far to play six games. You're sitting at three and three, and in my opinion, the AL is kind of wide open. So I don't think. 
from from my perspective, there's nothing to be concerned about from you guys. I think you kind of just clean up the things you mentioned and um, try to get back with that. Your guys' energy in opening day was so great that I think if you can refine that um, somehow, some way, whether it's through you know getting ahead earlier and whatnot, or just you being confident, um, I think if you bring that energy to each series, you'll come out um, near the top of the standings in the American League. Yeah, especially with like I mean, this game against Eagles, you could tell our energy was down. I think it was just like it was a pretty weird. I think you would all agree, like. There was a weird vibe around that series. I mean, I couldn't even get there until right before we started. Yeah, that's always so, challenging. I, it was just like well, it's also tough too kinda, when like a guy off. when you have a guy like Daniel who you know is very good, and then you see within the first inning or two that he's dialed in. Like that can be a bit demoralizing as hitters. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was I was getting pretty frustrated. That mm-hmm. I mean, there was just pitches I couldn't do anything about. There yeah. was nothing like I had no defense. I was at his mercy, honestly. Like at most at bats. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe we'll get another crack at him uh, late in the season. You never know. That's true. That's true, but on a conference play. so On a conference play. All right, well, Drew, uh, despite you being the punching bag, I do wish you good luck um, the rest of the way. And, um, yeah, we'll see what the Cobras can oh, put together here. You. Oh, hey, hey, I got something to tell you, though. Oh, let's hear it. Remember how, uh, remember how I was, like, limping really bad after that game, after our series against Eagles? Yeah. I found out what it was. What was it? So I've, I've been us. having this hip pain for like for like two months now, and it's traveled to like my groin and then my back, all my left side. My left side is just messed up. And I finally went to the doctor for it. And can, can, I, can I make uh, a prediction? Can I, can I also make huh? a prediction? Uh, me and Jack are going to make we're going to make medical s- predictions, medical examinations <laughs> okay. based on your symptoms. Okay. All right, Jack, you can lead off. Um, so you said it originated in your hip. Yes. Like on the outside of your hip? Um, like the inside. Like if you were to stand straight up and look forward, if you just look down to where your hip would be. Hmm. This is my so like the wrong. Then I was. That's not I what I was thinking. Well, let's see what you said anyway. What were you thinking? I was because uh, I I I pulled my hamstring a long time ago, and I was getting pain like basically in like the side of my hip. And I went to the doctor, and they were like, "Yeah, it's actually your hamstring, like on the back of your leg." And I was like, mm-hmm. "That makes perfect sense. I definitely <laughs> would have figured that out." Hmm. Well, Drew, my guess is because you mentioned your back, and I think this is what I think that I've had before in my life, and I knew a coach that had it too, is like kind of on the outside of your back, and then it almost feels like it's in your hip too, would be a herniated disc. That was my guess, but let's see what you actually have. I have a short leg. <laughs> oh, I've heard I of this. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. I haven't always had a short leg. What they told me is my left hip is just my left hip is tilted forward. Mm-hmm. So what that's doing is shortening my leg, but it's also pulling on the on the hip flexor, which also runs into your back. So all those muscles are like always at like contract. They're always stretched out and spasmic, mm-hmm. and then um, that's causing me to like have a tight hamstring, which is causing my groin to like it's just. Everything's original. It sounds like you're describing like tilted forward. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing like basically what I went through for all of like high school sports, pretty much. So you were diagnosed <laughs> so after, with different legs. Like, well, just it was. It all yeah. starts in your hips. It's okay. like that's that's yes. where it originates from, and then it just spreads from there, and then you're just screwed. Well, the yeah, reason that I couldn't like I could barely walk back to my car. Yeah. after the lift walk series. Hmm. I believe it, dude. When I I've had like on and off lower back pain on my right side for like the past four years. Where like senior year of high school was kind of bad, and then freshman year of college it was bad, and then I really haven't noticed it until like a couple days ago. It kind of reflared. It was weird, but anyway, when me and another kid on the Brighton baseball team went to the trainer at the same time because both our backs were hurting one day, and I was like, "Yeah, let's just go over there. Why not?" We had a couple minutes after school. I think we had like a rain out for a game, so then practice wasn't until later and whatever. Um, anyway, she looked. they looked at me and she was like, I don't think – she gave me some kind of diagnosis. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, when she looked at the other kid, Andrew, my buddy, she's like, I think you have two different size legs. So that's that's <laughs> where I've heard of that from was from there. Mm-hmm. So. That's a thing. And the funny thing is I saw an M1W comment that kind of called it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad? It's coming through on camera? I was reading the comments before I went to the doctor and some guy said – why does Davis walk so funny? <laughs> now we know my leg is shorter. You walk with a limp. Oh, that's yeah, funny. That's too I funny. walk with the gate. I have a gated so, walk. So, so what's the? Is there a solution to that, or no? Like, what do you? What can um, you do about that? Basically, basically, I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, well, should I like see a chiropractor so they can put it back into place? 
And she basically told me like, no, screw chiropractors. Of course. She's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so they're like, if you need it adjusted, we can adjust it here. Oh, that but sounds then they fun. didn't adjust it when I was there. So I was like, okay, what's, what's this bogus. So, so they gave me, they gave <laughs> nice me some stretches there. to do. They brought in the physical therapist that works or they brought in the, yeah, the physical therapist, the trainer. They had a trainer that worked at the hospital. I was so confused. I didn't know that was a thing. So the trainer comes into my room and starts telling me some like different stretches I can do and then prescribe me to physical therapy. Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to do good physical therapy because I just got done doing physical therapy for my elbow. So I'm really say, not wanting you, to do it. I've been to a lot of PT. I've never been, but <sighs> I've been multiple. I've been, I know you have been. Well, I guess that's another thing I wish you wish you good luck on is your health because I'm also battling an injury myself and it's it definitely frustrating. But um, you're torn pectoral. It's not. There's no way it's torn. It'd be way too painful. It's definitely just a strain. But yeah, a strain is a low grade tear. Yeah, but it's not a tear. It's they're different. They're different things. But all right, Drew. I appreciate you um, taking the time tonight, and um, I guess we'll see what the Cobras can do here rest of the year. Yeah. Good luck to to both your teams. Oh, thank you, Drew. Thank you. Thanks, All Drew. Right, we'll see you. Bye. I wonder if I can ever call Drew for his series analysis and not get five minutes or ten or five or ten minutes of extra. But Just that was extra. that was that was pretty uh, insightful. I that like I good. like hearing about his injuries. Yeah, that was good. So, that I've good definitely time. spent my fair share in the uh, the physical yeah. training rehab room, so I know what he's going through. But uh, I thought he had some I thought he had some interesting comments on the on the series. Um, Talking to him before the draft and before this year, I was kind of led to believe that he wanted Baranowski to sort of be their new ace because I think I, Drew's a little fed up with pitching. I kind of had that same feeling. So well. yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how you know Drew pitched did end up pitching two games in their last series, and now he's saying he's got a different approach with a closer. Mm-hmm. I actually I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. to see how that. How that turns out, because um, I mean, I've all, like you said, you thought about it. I kind of thought about yeah, it thought too, about but it. Uh, never really thought that it would work. So we'll see how it works with them. But yeah, I, I knew it was only a matter of time before a team tried that. It just seemed like it was on the horizon. We'll see if the Cobras actually do it in their next series or not. Um, I guess stay tuned. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it if it happens and whether or not they're successful with it. But um, yeah, I don't think I have any other comments on that series. Um, I think. After the first series, I had I was high on the Cobras and I was very very low on the Eagles. But after watching them play each other, um, not seeing that Daniels back tuned in, I have the Eagles back in the playoff conversation now. And the Cobras, I wouldn't say are necessarily a lock for the playoffs, but I do think they have a lot of talent. So um, I would be surprised to see them severely struggle. I could see them going maybe 500 the rest of the way, but I don't think I see them going on a huge huge losing streak unless they were to see some kind of injury or like a big emotional swing from Drew, which is which is possible but you know. yeah i mean i i uh don't think you can ever really count the eagles out with no. dan as a pitcher and they if won they the nl like every year if he keeps getting support from guys like neil and dallas yeah, that's, then that's the they can really be a, a dangerous team but i think i personally think the cobras are a little bit more of a, a wild card like i could also i could mm-hmm. see them taking it to some teams um and i could also I could also see them dropping off like they have in the past, so it'll that's, be interesting. That's the scary I'm hoping thing. That you know, biasly, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. That's the scary thing, folks. Here is that the Eagles just beat the Cobras two out of three games, and Daniel Schultz did not record a hit. Yeah, that's kind of insane. He hasn't had a hit this year. No, I don't no think hits. Yet. Yeah. Another fact that I heard, um, and it blew my mind, was I, and this number might be up by a couple digits, but I believe I was told that last year, Eagles won the National League regular season. Um, in a tiebreaker, but they still won it. And Daniel Schultz had their highest batting average with an average of 187. That was their highest average on the team. And for the whole year? For the, that was over the course of the season. Their, their best hitter hit 187, and they won the National League. That's because how good of a pitcher. He's that <laughs> yeah, good of a pitcher. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a testament to the pitcher. And right the there. hits that he usually gets matter. go over the fence. They matter. So, the ones he gets matter. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap on that series. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and it is now time for the fan question of the day. Q. 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 Of the day. Okay, for this week's Q of the day, it comes from J.D. Bielik. I'm probably pronouncing your last name wrong. I'm sorry. But from J.D., he asks, would you guys ever get rid of the mercy rule? 
Jack, do you have any thoughts on that? The mercy rule talking about like the first and second inning, right? Yeah, like the, the six, the six run limit. Yeah. So yeah, if you don't know, our um, mercy run rule is you cannot score um, more than six runs in your frame outside of if you're losing. Um, or I guess extra innings also counts too. Yeah. So if you're losing or if it's an extra innings in the third inning or beyond, then you can score as many runs as you can to make it a ball yeah. game. So for example, you're the home team and you're down 9-0, you can score more than six runs to try and come back and tie that game. But for the first and second innings, you can only score six runs per inning. Jack, would we ever get rid of this in your opinion? Um, in, in my opinion, I like the rule because, um, number one, it keeps, it keeps the game's quicker than they could be they could go a lot longer Mm -hmm. um if you didn't have the mercy rule especially if the pitcher's really struggling Mm -hmm. and two because like i said although i haven't pitched that much it is a really 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 lonely place on the mound when you're either just walking in a bunch of runs or when you're just getting raked off of Mm -hmm. and so that mercy rule lets that pitcher like you know, really not get too devastated and maybe come back for another series and, and have a and have another chance at it, you know. Yeah, I agree. I would vote that no, the mercy rule is not going anywhere. Um, and that's because of, you know, on top of what Jack mentioned, I think that, you know, say you've already burned through, say your ace, say your team has an ace and he's solid, and say he's already burned through his six innings for the series and you got to send other guys out there for game three or whatever it is. There's, pitching is not easy in this league. And we've seen time and time again where whether it's a secondary pitcher or an ace who's off like Daniel in his opening day series that can't throw a strike. And we could see, I mean, I've seen in tournaments, in wiffle ball tournaments with our fans, I've seen games get into the 20s and 30s with runs scored. Like, yep. I'm not saying that would happen in MLW necessarily. I would hope not. But I've even seen a game at a different tournament where it was a walk-off win and it was like 44 to 43 in Ohio. Like that happens. I'm not joking. That's a, that's <laughs> that's a real like number. Scores. Yeah, like <laughs> no one wants to watch that. It's even if you're coming back to win that game, like and you're you're getting walked in or you're getting grand slams, like oh we're coming back, but it's not even like enjoyable. Like those games take hours. Games can already take a long time. And like I said, we're not. It's not like we're. To me, say you're the home. Say. A defense for keeping or getting rid of the mercy rule could be saying, oh, well, my team scored six runs in the first, six runs in the second, then couldn't close the game, but then they scored all 13 runs in one inning and we got screwed. Well, in my opinion, if you blow a 12-run lead, yeah. you weren't too deserving of that victory anyway. Yeah, you so, kind of deserve to lose yeah. there. If you if you were in that spot and, and mm-hmm. blew it, then. So that's just my thoughts on it. I don't have, I, I guess, too much more else to say on that topic. We, I, I have one bonus fan question that I would like to bring up, Jack, if you don't have any more comments on the mercy rule. Bonus question? I have, I was thinking of a bonus question this Let's week that I wanted to question. mention. I have to go into the archives here to figure out who this one was sent from. If you want to be featured on the Q of the Day segment, please send your questions to at MLW on Instagram in our DMs. I do go through all of them and I kind of sort through, sift through and pick which ones I'm found, I'm interested by that week. But I had a funny question come through a couple days ago. And it was from Rocco Lorito. And Jack, you may not have heard this yet, so you may not be able to comment on it. But he said, for my cue of the day, do you think that the cue of the day soundbite reminds you of Bill Nye? And I, I made the soundbite. You can probably tell it's my voice. And I'll be honest, it does sound like a Bill I, Nye soundbite. I actually, so I did listen to it the podcast. It sounds like Bill Nye. It does. It does. It, you know what? That's so funny because I was listening to it and it came on and I was like, it sounds familiar, but I'm pretty sure this is like original or so. Or so and yeah, that's funny. Well, now I'm because when he when he when I read this message, I started to laugh and I was like, oh my gosh, it kind of does. And I was thinking of the Bill Nye like theme song and just like his videos because I watched them all the time in elementary school and stuff growing up. I would like to go back now and like to see if there's anything actually really similar. But that's yeah, like comparison. You wonder if um, like and when I when I made the soundbite, here's some if you're interested in podcasting and whatnot or if you're into this kind of stuff, but like. Obviously, I'm no I'm no sound engineer or music producer or anything, but like I found something in this software for free that was like you could change like I think it's called the format of your voice, which made my voice sound deeper. Um, so that was what I did. And Daniel was sitting right next to me, like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Let's do that." And we tried it like a couple different ways. We spent maybe 30 minutes on it. And was like, "Yep, let's roll with it." So I swear to God, that's not what I was trying to copy <laughs> or anything. But if I go back and listen to it and it sounds like identical, I'm gonna feel stupid. And it also like. I feel like things get stored in your subconscious. Yeah, and that totally. Can, and that can happen. You think you you have an original idea, yeah. but you really 
Yeah, or you, yeah. you thought you came up with a joke, but you actually heard it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do that a lot where, like, um, I don't play as much anymore, but, like, when I was more into piano, like, when I was taking lessons, like, I'd start, like, playing chords or something, and then I'd be like, wait, I think I've already learned a song with the same chords. I didn't just make yep. this up, and it sounds really good. It's yep. like, this is not original at all. Yeah. But I thought that was a funny question that I wanted to at least give a shout-out to, so shout-out to Rocco for asking that. I hope to get many more questions to sort through this week. Um, we actually had a pretty good amount rolling this week. I want to say we got over 10 questions. So thanks to everyone who's submitting them, and I look forward to getting many more. But, okay, Jack is with us this week, obviously. We don't have Daniel here, and I've told my fair share of stories the last few weeks. But it's going to be Jack's turn to tell his tale on the tail derail. Tail derail. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> All right, Jack. The stage is yours. What do you got for us? I'm excited because I have no idea what's coming here. Uh, all right. Well, you guys got to bear with me. And then also, this is like a judgment-free judgment, judgment free zone, right? We mm-hmm. were talking. Um, if you guys didn't check out the podcast last week, go check it out. But Tommy and Dan were discussing some childhood neighborhood games um, that they played and they had a whole list of them and I was listening to the podcast and it sort of just jogged my memory about what I did as a kid and and sort of my experience and I remember very vividly um, you know I, I didn't really have like kids in the neighborhood in my neighborhood I didn't really have people who were my same age, like who live mm-hmm. right around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am the middle child with two sisters. So I didn't really have a brother to beat up in the backyard or, <laughs> or throw the football around with, yep. you know, I so, have two sisters too, but I had the Schultz brothers, but you the had street. the Schultz yeah. brothers and, and Rachel even was about playing with you. Like she yeah. wanted to play with you. My sisters weren't really about mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the sports, life. The sports life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sports life. So the way I played, sports that what I played I basically played with myself I played football like with myself I would literally throw the ball in the air and then like run Mm -hmm. and catch the ball and like I'm doing this like in the basement I'm like diving into the couch yeah like it's the pylon Mm -hmm. corner you know what I mean and I mean this got like so deep to the point where I actually bought a football like QB wristband like that's plays and I and I I'm not kidding you, Tommy, like within my head came up with a full imaginary <laughs> playbook with like color coded, like color coded plays on this playbook. And I'm running around in my front yard, like dodging air and yeah. like trees with a QB wristband on by myself because mm-hmm. there's no one to play with me. My sisters aren't going to come out there and let me tackle them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go do that in the yard. So that was like one of the main games I played when I was really young. I can remember doing a similar thing where like, on my, I'd like have a mini football in my house, and I would like throw it to myself, like try to dive into the yeah. couch by myself. Yeah, that's what I did. Except I was so bored that I just took it with my imagination, just way to a deeper level. Like I had like teams in my head, like mm-hmm. players in my head. Like mm-hmm. it was very embarrassing but fun. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter. We all did stupid things as a kid. Not even calling that stupid. That was probably really fun. Was, <laughs> it was, was it so fun? much fun. Yeah, I had so fun. much fun. My parents just thought like I was crazy. So what's I'm, stupid is like. You're basically making up a script in your head for the outcome of a game, but it still seems exciting. But it's still exciting. Yeah, because it's still I was exciting. remembering – this is a random thought that I just had of another made-up game. And the reason I told Jack, I encouraged him when he said he had a made-up game story to tell, I was like, the, you guys really like this. I got a lot of DMs about like your guys' stories, and I'll share one here that I have, as well as like, like love the last pod, love the last pod, the most I've had in my six weeks back. So I thought it was cool to kind of continue this this portion of the pod. Um, yeah. I don't think we'll be on for a third week in this segment, but it was cool to keep it on for one more. Um, but Jack reminded me of a game I would play by myself once again in my room where, so I had a twin bed and I had this green blanket and it was basically like, it was a football field, it was mm-hmm. a football field and a blanket. So it was just a long skinny blanket, had two end zones. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a theme, like Michigan state, or Detroit lions or anything. It was a plain green blanket and one said home, one said visitor, the end zones. And it just had a gold football helmet in the middle. And it was like, it was a thin blanket, but I would put it on top of my bed spreads, like the final piece to my made bed. And I would take – so I have a set of, like, pro football helmets, you know. And, like, say there was a game that day. Like, say that the 
the Bills are playing the Patriots. I would take two helmets out and like we'd line them up head to head on the blanket, <laughs> like, like a fake football game on the bed. And I like walked downstairs like, oh, the Patriots are gonna win today. I just, I just, I just played the like, game. I already bed. know. I just did it. I already yeah. did the game. You don't even game. don't even bother watching it, Dad. So That's yeah, hilarious. I would do that. I would do that. I had That's it done that more than like. One's like an everyday thing, but I can recall doing it several different times. <laughs> That's Just good. on my knees in my blanket, like pushing two helmets against each other, like oh. seeing or like faking a pass. Like you said, just like yeah. using your imagination. Just making it up. Just using and I can't even head. imagine all the other stupid stuff I did my, by myself, like yeah. games wise. The I'm only really, I mean the other the only the other thing I think of is like like I said, I didn't really have like neighborhood kids, so when I got with together with my cousins, those were like the people I played with, mm-hmm. but they were like four and six years older than me. So listening to Dan talk about his experiences, that was me. I was like the young kid. And my cousins were also a little bit more like physically aggressive. Like the games that we played were like, (laughs) that's always the worst. It was like fourth and inches, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like Oklahoma in the living room. That's like like, what we were doing. You're like five years old. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like four years younger than them. And they're Mm -hmm. throwing me around like a rag doll in the living room. It can be fun until it gets too far. And like, Oh, that actually hurt. Yeah. Until it gets hurt. Yeah. (laughs) I have a good story about that. But, um, real quick, I wanted to share one more ad with you guys today. And this one's one of the more intriguing ones I've ever received. So this one comes from Brent's Bricks. So, you guys enjoy building or collecting Legos, or did you used to have Lego as a kid and have thought about getting back into the hobby? Then the Brent's Bricks YouTube channel is right for you. He does set reviews, vlogs, Lego news, live builds, Lego giveaways, and more. There is so much new and awesome Lego products coming out in these recent years, so there's never been a better time to get into or get back into the great hobby that is building and collecting Legos. Um, I've checked out Brent's channel myself. He is very unique, and he's kind of a standout from all other Lego YouTubers. So thank you, Brent Spricks, and please go check out his channel. He just passed also 1,000 subscribers, so congratulations. Jack, you ever played Legos as a kid? Um, I would not say that I was a big Legos kid. I think my parents just didn't like them laying around the house and stuff. Yeah, but it was, I had a friend that I went over to his house, and it was like that's all we did was the, Legos. The funny thing was is I actually had a Lego table. I think it's what it was called. Like It's a little mini tabletop yeah. for kids, and it, you can like put Legos in it. But I was never like into Lego sets, like building. Yeah. Like, I think the one thing I did was I got a SpongeBob set for like Christmas. So I built like SpongeBob's house and Squidward's house out of Legos. But they were really small. But we would just like re- get creative. Like Kyle, Daniel, and I would play on that Lego table and like make things. And I don't remember too much about it, but it was fun. Stepping on them sucked, but um. Yeah, those that's never fun. It's like a, there's a huge community of it, and I mean his YouTube channel is probably proof. If you go check that out, but yeah, so check out uh, Brent's Bricks. Back to resuming that story we were just telling. Jack was talking about playing with older kids and like the dangers of it, but also the fun of it. Yeah. I can remember one time I was uh, – I think we were up north. I was really young, like four or five, maybe five or six. Old enough to play kickball, but really young. Um, and I was playing with my dad's – we were with my dad's like buddies from when he was younger, like his high school buddies. Our families went together to like this, their cabin for a weekend. Okay. We were playing kickball in the front yard and – First of all, I can remember like I think I messed up, like popped one up or like didn't get a hit and I was crying and I was all upset and competitive. But then we after the game was over, we were like still running around in the kickball field and messing around and this kid named Rocco, who I believe rest he wrestled for four years at Eastern Michigan and at that age he was already like he's probably say I was five, he's probably like eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Like he's a lot older than me. And he was a tall kid, strong. And he was like, I can make you do a backflip, man. <laughs> I was like, how? He's like, all you got to do is just sprint right at me and I'll flip you over and you'll do a backflip. I was like, okay, sweet. So, <laughs> so this is me. Probably weighed 40 pounds, not even less than that, probably 35 pounds. And I just go in a full sprint towards this big kid. And he like kind of like gets in like a power stance almost, you know. And as soon as I like get to him, he just like bends over. I go on his back and he just flips. And I <laughs> – Felt like I was flying for a couple seconds there, and I landed. And oh man, I don't even remember if it hurt that bad, but it definitely did. I remember like getting up, kind of like laughing. And my mom's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> not okay." And then his mom got super mad. He's like, "Why would you do that to him? He's so young and all this stuff." But when you're playing with the older kids, that happens. You get roughed up sometimes. Oh, you get roughed up. But I think it's, I think it's, it, it's good to, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it does. It does. I think, I think that's definitely molded my. I mean, I don't think I would have ended up in a contact sport if it weren't for my cousins just 
I mean, you know, definitely not abusing me, but <laughs> not abusing <laughs> me, but just friendly play. Might you know? find a different Good word. Play, there. Yeah. <laughs> might want to find a different word. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think. I didn't really have any cousins that were like. So I have fun fact about me. I have, including my me and my sisters. I think there's 11 grandkids on my dad's side of the family, and I'm the only boy. So if I don't have a kid, then the our Coglin little family tree will technically die in our yep. area. There's other columns out so there. So you have like so. an obligation. I have an obligation to yeah. have kids until I have a boy. Yeah. Hopefully and, you're the, take... you're, and, and, and you're the and third, the third too, so it's And I'm like, the third. Yeah. So it'd be two birds with one stone if I don't have a boy. Right. The name would, the, the Thomas Coughlin tree would die and the Coughlin, my grandpa's branch of the Coughlin right. would die too. That's but, on you, Tom. So they're all girls. that happen. I know. I got to make something happen. You got to figure something out. I got to do something. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> I'm getting older. I got to start figuring something out. Um, and then on my mom's side, we have two cousins, but one's like, uh, what is he, nine years older than me, and then he has a sister. So, like, I was never – I was people roughing me up were Brendan Schultz, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah. And that one kid named Rocco, but that was a one-time thing. But yeah. yeah. That's probably why I'm why I'm small and a frail guy getting injured now. I wasn't getting <laughs> roughed up enough as a kid. And Jack's this big, burly guy hitting dingers out there, college lacrosse. When I can. This is facts. Our sample, small, our sample size may be two kids, but now we're just presenting facts at this point. So you can go tell your parents you learned something today. Listen to the podcast. That's true. But all right, we're already approaching here. I believe like the forty-five minute mark. I'm trying to think. It's been a good podcast, Jack. What are your? Did you think it was going to go this way, or did you picture it being different, or what are your thoughts on your first first podcast in the in the studio here? I mean, we'll see what the fans say. I thought it went pretty smooth. I enjoyed being here. I feel like we got a good. It, yeah, good, it gets good, it gets better over time. Yeah, too. good conversation. Um, I I enjoyed the calls. I think those are cool to get their mm-hmm. insight, you know, on the series and then comment on what they say. Yeah. Um. So I'm yeah. gonna try to like it was kind of cool because Daniel was gone. Like getting Dallas, I think it'd be cool to not have like the captains on every week. Maybe right, getting different yeah. players on too. So the next series, by the way, this Friday coming out on YouTube is D-backs versus Gators. So that should be a thriller. Um, oh, yeah. The Gators are coming in one and two after losing to the Cobras in their first series. And D-backs swept the Eagles. So this is a big series for the Gators as they could fall. Eagles are sitting at 2-4 and four now. But, I mean, if the Gators get swept by the D-backs, they'd be sitting at 1-5. and five. They'd be in the last That's place. Tough. So this is important. Um, if I had to make a prediction right now, I'd probably go D-backs. They've looked so good. How could you not? But the Gators are also a tremendous team with a little bit more to play for since they're behind in the standings. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Um, you know, I think the Gators are good. I also said this on one of the live streams on twitch if you guys haven't seen any of the twitch live streams check it out mlw wiffle ball on twitch warda does uh streams every wednesday night mm-hmm. but i said it on there that i think it, we might have been on the same one when we were talking about it but i i i saw a, a gators sophomore season slump coming i mean they mm-hmm. they played so well as rookies and mm-hmm. i feel like a little bit of the pressure um, could could get to them this year, and also um, as I mentioned, the D the D backs just looked like so, so good. good. Like yeah. I, I when the power rankings came out before the season, like I was commenting on it and stuff because I was like <laughs> kind of pissed off. Yeah, I was like, yeah. why are they this high? Mm-hmm. And then after the first video, I'm like, all right, now I get it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think for for their series, um, I would I would take the I would take the D backs, but. You know the Gators still have talent, and it's just it's you know. Well, I think it's on the day. I think it's tough too because them winning their first year, um, that was like they're basically their. I mean, Zerlag was here for a couple of years, but that's pretty much their first year in the yeah. league as a team. So it's maybe it's a little harder to find motivation. I don't know, but like you've already won, you've already you had a walk off home run to win the World Series, one of the coolest things you can do. Right. So it's like you got to find some kind of Not internal what? drive to repeat. I mean, obviously pros do it year after year, and like teams are always you know the championships always the goal, but. How do you how do you actually, how do you get how up do you, for that? How do you make that happen? Yeah. How do you make that happen? So it's a whole different. You can think about it and say, yeah, we want to repeat, but how do you actually make it happen? That's right. Because now you got the target on your back too. So absolutely. Also, this is my bad, guys. I promised you I was going to shout out one person who submitted their own custom game they made as kids, and me and Jack kind of already wrapped up the conversation, but I didn't want to skip over that. So I reviewed your guys' submissions. A lot of them were great. I would read them all, but a lot of you guys are submitting like two-page long DMs. I'd be out here reading for 15 minutes if I read all these stories. So the one I'm going to go with here, and I'll try to give it an overview, but I'm, I haven't memorized it by any means, but it's from Lucas Paprocki. 
Lucas Paprocki. I don't know how to say your last name, but this is a pretty unique game. So <laughs> let me read his whole story. He says, my friend came over every day after summer school one summer in sixth grade, and we played what we called ping pong baseball, and we would pitch a ping pong ball and hit it with a paddle. So he mentions that like you could throw very nasty pitches if you were to like put some kind of spins on the ball and throw curveballs, risers, sliders, screwballs, all that. Knuckleballs, he says. <laughs> like everything. With he a ping pong ball? With a ping pong ball. Well, think about it, Jack. When yeah, it is pretty can, light. If you put spin on a paddle, yeah. like the ball moves a ton. Yeah. And I'd probably it'd be probably more challenging if you use a smaller bat than a paddle. I feel like you could really smack the ball. Yeah. But Maybe even using like a sandlock stick. In, or in his, in Lucas's words, the slider cutter was by far the nastiest pitch <laughs> I've ever seen in any form of baseball. And my basement is pretty big, and no exaggeration, you could throw it at the wall to the right of you, and it would break into the zone. Oh <laughs> That's what my! He says. Oh my! I mean, it, so they'd they'd keep track of runs through nine innings. Home runs were based off of hit speed and the trajectory of the and the trajectory of the ball. And if you couldn't decide between the two of the people playing, they would just redo the pitch. They would play this game every single day. So they play this in their basement? Yeah. So like if you were to just crank one off the ceiling, I guess it'd be a dinger. That's the beauty of being kids, you just make yeah. it up as you go. And the great and that and that game too, like you're not gonna really break anything with a ping pong ball. Right. Yeah, really I j- mean if you really jack one, maybe you'd break maybe, something. I don't know. But like that's the I can one, imagine one, how many times you ever heard like no ball in the house? Oh, a billion times. A billion yeah. times, right? Yeah. But that's like you're not really gonna mess anything up with a ping pong ball that bad. Yeah. Um, I could see some welts on the face. If you had a line shot back at somebody in the some face, sting yeah, pong. stink pong. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have played that oh, game. Yeah. If you haven't, you should. That'll be yeah. a character. Well, yeah, that'll. Oh yeah, that'll put some hair on your chest. Come on, it's fine. <laughs> who's, who's getting actually hurt playing stink pong? No, it's fine. But this is a scenario of where you're maybe the eight year old in the group, and your brothers are 13. Like, let's play stink yeah, pong. Yeah, let's play stink pong. You end up crying. Then maybe you sit that one out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a fun game nonetheless. But all right. I'm going to wrap this one up. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And Jack, once again, thanks for coming out. Jack had to drive like a half hour today to be on this podcast. So, And if he's doing that week after week, you guys got to give him props. So um, for me, it's just a walk across the street. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as always, send a DM to either me, Jack, or the Pipe It Up MLW Instagram account. Let us know what you thought, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. All right, to kick off today's show, we're going to jump into our first ad read, and it's for MM. <laughs> <laughs> Third mistake.